0: Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Graham Twine, and today's podcast is brought to you by Chef Notepad. Now, this does amazing things. If you're a restaurant or a chef, you definitely need to get Chef Notepad. Every restaurant wants to cook delicious food and have it cost-effective so that at the end of the day, you can make a little bit of money. So Chef Notepad, check that out. It is amazing. I really, really believe in it. Also, Suncoast Fresh has a new ordering app. It has all things like newsletters on it. It has easy search functions and old invoices and all sorts of things. Check that out, sunkirschfresh.com.au. Uh, for an ordering app for all your purchases at Suncoast Fresh. Today's broadcast is Daniel Mackay from Mackay Bananas. At first I was a bit hesitant to do such a big farm, but Daniel is a super interesting guy and has taught us lots about how farms actually have all started pretty small. He's got a great story all about bananas and the challenges that he's had. Enjoy. Yeah. ready? Welcome to the broadcast, Mr. Daniel Mackay from Mackay Bananas or is it Mackay Family Bananas? Yeah, just Mackay's Bananas. bananas. So tell me your story. I've got you on here because uh, normally our broadcast is we're talking to little boutique farmers and chefs but I feel like there needs to be a whole explanation about, you know, the big end of town, let's call it, where we're doing large volumes of a product and, and how they filter all the way back down down to us. But you guys are, um, you know, it's like a different world. I feel like I'm on a spaceship here at your reopening facility, where everything's so straight, professional, where you take people to the, to the markets, whether it be Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, and they're all just uh, messy. But when I come to watch what you guys are doing here, um, at this part of your business. It just seems so beautiful and timely and, and professional. And um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that and, and the farm and some of the history and the growing techniques. Um, let, tell me your story, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. Look, um, I guess we all started you know, in that boutique sort of stuff. And that's it's something that we very much focus on is not just being big. Like it's certainly not what you wanna be known for is just being big. It's also, you know you wanna be the best. And that's the outcome from being the best is that you become big because yeah. people keep wanting that product. So, yeah. so, like 1945, my grandfather started our business on a small plot down near the beach. Um, moved all the way up from, um, he was here at Caboolture. So, um, moved all the way up there, cutting sugar cane, grew bananas down in Maxville, where they were from. Um, and slowly just, when he was up there, he just noticed it was just good climate. He worked. He worked on it. He bought a, uh, actually leased a little patch. Um, started growing bananas there because it's obviously consistent and warm in North Queensland, or more so than Southeast Queensland. Um, he found the quality was really good, uh, good production, all that sort of stuff, um, and then started sending the fruit down to the. The central markets, just like in So that else. would have been
0: Roma Street Markets would have been? Yeah, a, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Roma Street Markets. So, so we're talking how far up, were, where, where were the farms when you got...
1: So they're like 1,500 kilometres away. Right.
0: Um, how did they get fruit back then? It
1: was, you know, because there wasn't much no, right. no refrigeration. So yeah. they're open air stacked on a train. Oh, they used to make stacked. the wooden crates, yep. didn't they? The yeah, wooden crates, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, they just, that's how they did it. Um, so they would have left their dead green? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But they wouldn't have had ripening rooms as such then either, would they, uh, would they? I think they did have some kind of ripening back then. They would have been using bicarbonate soda or something like that to, yeah. to get them started and probably to cool a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they're still very uneven. Uh, but you definitely use something to just start them off. So
0: imagine a truck with a heap of wooden crates on the back with the tarp over the top. Very much. guy smoking in the front seat, Yeah, on the in a couple of days. Yep. Pretty Beautiful. much, yeah. And there was a bit of a disconnect back then, I imagine, from a, the farmer. But you guys sort of, did you guys have the
1: whole chain sort of covered then or was it, Absolutely. Or it just go
0: straight into a central market?
1: Yeah, straight into a central market. I mean, the rest of the market, all the growing was done in northern New South Wales, southeast Queensland. Yeah. So he was the first up there. Uh, he got an OEM for... He was the first in, in North Queensland. Absolutely, yeah. Wow, that's okay. something to be massively proud about. It is, yeah. We just celebrated 75 years, which is you know, holy smokes, as a business, which is a massive milestone. 75 it? years, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was, and he went. He had to go through the whole, the whole part of the reason why he got it was with all the work that he did with the trains and the trucks and the improvement on rail and the freeze, the the chiller containers and all of that um, process that he stayed involved with, he was on all the boards, so he used to train it or fly down for all the meetings from up there, so you know, a couple of day train ride or uh, you know five-hour five, five hour flight or something crazy like that where they have to stop in every every place as they come down, down the coast, so um, it was a lot of work, yeah. You know. Wow. So... So, here, so, cutting cane
0: as well, just jump back there. That's a, that's a real man's job, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like snakes and bloody yeah, frogs and yeah, rats. sharp knives and yeah, all and, that stuff. And
1: sloshy water and grossness. and Yeah, we still have to do it a couple of times a year to get our clean seed. And yeah. I've had to do it a couple of times myself. And yeah, if that was all you had to do all day, every day. Well, uh, be a all tough cane cutters six foot five and <laughs>
0: felt like, you know, because. Not anymore. They all sit in cabs. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's all done by harvest. Yeah, okay. So. My my grandfather was a cane cutter. Actually, that's why I said yeah. that. he was a big unit. Right. Yeah, a lot uh, of them were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're up there. Uh, so how many years you know before you know you would have bought one farm and, and another one? I guess like yeah. How many?
1: How many are there now? Um, so there's seven main producing farms now. Yeah. Um, but you're right. So my uncle and my dad started started working with. Um, my granddad; they had their own plots back then, so it's sort of like still three businesses. Yeah. Um, so each one did their own thing, um, and what they found, obviously over time, that just it just did, wasn't quite working. So they actually formed um, S.J. McIain Sons, so it became one business. Right. So. Okay. So so just
0: so everyone knows, we're in your uh, your ripening facility. What area are we in? Larapinta. Larapinta, which is just sort of south of the Brizzy Markets on the sort of southern side of Brisbane. Yep. Um, and that noise was um just a part of the operations here, so there might be a couple of those noises so don't don't panic um so what happened next so when did it come on to you was there your grandfather's or was it your father
1: as well or oh uh, yes i was um my grandfather was still involved in the business when I started very yep. very I mean, for a couple of years and um uh, or, well actually I was still at school then but um I'd travel out to the farm with the family and um, do just work on, you know, school holidays and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and they're basically still on one farm then, but they've slowly progressed just to bigger and bigger and bigger farms. Yeah. So we finally got to um, the farm that we still own and operate today, um, and everything basically basically grew out of that. Um, where I'm one of five in our in our business. So there's myself, two brothers, and two cousins. So we're all still very much involved daily, daily in the work. Dad still comes to work a um, couple of days a week. Goes out to the farm. Still does yeah. everything that he wants to do. Uh, I lost my uncle a couple of years ago, um, but up till then he was um, he'd still come out whenever whenever he could. Your kids Be coming like through? Uh, well, we live a long way away from your farm, <laughs> so um, we've got fourth generation in our business already yeah um so yeah it, they're all coming through what what my boys do i'm i'm not sure yet but i think a good school
0: holiday trip you know working on the banana field as you probably did when you were a kid is is good
1: good life training isn't it yeah we got sent plenty plenty of our family friends from the cities and send their kids up to um do um, a bit of school school work to try and Let's say straighten them up or give them a taste of the real life. Yeah, okay. They'd, they'd say, but funnily enough, it's um, once they got up there and it is hard work, but they figured out the camaraderie. Yeah. Um, you know, men working with each other and how that sort of the dynamics and all that works and being involved with grown men and learning how to work properly. Yeah. But I think a lot of them, a lot of parents got surprised of how much fun these kids were having as yeah, well. Yeah. Okay. You know, they weren't. They weren't um, trapped. In um, any way, they had a lot of freedom. You know, they they had to figure out stuff for themselves. Um, but yeah, it went. It, we still get it all the time.
0: Yeah, I used to work at a banana farm just quickly down in Northern New South Wales, and my job was to put that little thing of a uh, pest control thing on the, on the stem, I guess. Yep. And through a nail, put that a on. Spin then, strip. then put a yep. bag over it. Dodgy ladder. Yep. Walking through the paddy, next tree, ladder up, hoping yeah. there wasn't a rat or a snake or something. Yeah. In the in the thing. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So the so kids are going up there. You might they might end up into the next generation to this this family. Tell me a little about varieties of bananas. Like we're all familiar with Cavendish and uh, Ladyfinger, and I guess um, Cavendish seems to be the most most popular, but. I mean there's you know you were touched on it before with all the breeding and and stuff tell me tell me about that because i for one just did not know that i thought there was a cavendish i thought there was a ladyfinger um and a ducas and a plantain and whatever
1: yeah but yeah tell me more about that yeah in australia um years ago obviously when my grandfather started it wasn't exactly the cavendish variety that they started with um there was another variety and we had it came through the industry it was T R one, which is a tropical race one, which is a um, soil-borne um, disease that um, kills the tree ultimately, just doesn't let it bear fruit, um, and that came through and wiped out. And there's a huge breeding program went on at that time, which then basically came out with the Williams Cavendish, which is the one that we have today. Um, and even not that long ago, Central America still wasn't growing. The Cavendish that we know today—that they still weren't affected by it. They were still growing the old traditional um, variety. That is that like better the old one or the new one? What what is what was what uh, is what's better in your thoughts? Um, it's a hard one. It's obviously when you when you go out and breed a, for a new variety, you look for a lot of specific um, qualities. So um, the old one definitely still had that. The, the taste profile was still a little bit different um uh, it had a bit stronger taste so we, whether that's good or bad you know that's that's up for people when it's we're about, breeding but. fruit now
0: are we looking for longevity on the shelf things like that like i know we probably are but uh i know that some stone fruits in my opinion have sort of lost their way almost in that they just don't eat anymore like yeah for me on the market we are always you know we're always looking for that banana that eats and it, is there much, because so there is different varieties,
1: not, not everyone's growing just a Cavendish, like there's different types of Cavendish? Absolutely. Well, the spectrum's so wide even within the, in the same variety yeah. and when we go through um, getting our nurseries, what we call a nursery, so we go through and do a selection, so we'll go through and do a certain style of selection to get the properties that we're looking for in what we're already growing yeah. to try to keep it as true to the variety as we can. Um, if you don't do that it will start to wander. How does that work cuz
0: in my opinion or my my knowledge uh, a banana grows and then a sucker
1: comes off yep. the side. Yep.
0: It is how does it yeah, work with Yeah. So a it's nursery? a returning
1: it's a returning crop. So yeah. you cut one tree there's another one coming behind it. So on and so forth. Yeah. So, so there's a mother tree what we call a pup. Yeah. Um, so we'll get the growing eye off that tree. So it'll it'll that tree will show traits that we want. Generally yeah. good production. Um, size, length, um, set yep. of fruit. So production, I think some of what you were saying when we lose our way, you know, production sometimes takes over. Yeah. Where people are just looking for the colour and production and flavour comes, unfortunately, like not last, but probably at least third, which yeah. is not number one. Yet uh, when you ask people, first thing, you know, that they're looking for is taste. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it's probably not how they buy. Yeah, so, that's a great opinion. So you, what you're saying
0: there is people are going to buy with their eye. Yep. And they want a sexy looking banana. That's right. And it's much like people. Like you know, we're lucky that our partners obviously didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, people are shopping with their eyes, and that's almost sad. Um, but and yeah, that is a, that's a hard one. I can see why they lean towards doing that, but um, I think there is a bit of a swing back, sort of probably nearly globally. With you know, I wanna I wanna know where things coming from, and and I do want it to eat. I know that in the restaurant game, it's big. Absolutely. And I guess supermarkets, you know, you nearly genetically buy, you nearly accidentally buy madanas every time you go to a, a supermarket or a fruit shop because it's just something you feel like you've got to have at home and. Um, I, I, I yeah, that that worries me. What what do you what do you think their answer is yeah. is that?
1: I think you, you you'd really connect with this, I guess. We said that, you know, taste comes last when we're first purchasing, but as a repeat buyer, taste is extremely important. Yeah. Uh, and in produce it's it's all about relationships, isn't it? So because we're you know, it's it's an ongoing thing. We don't just sort of purchase a piece of fruit one day and then go, Oh, we'll wait four years before we purchase our next fruit. So then yeah. we'll assess it. Than like we do a car yeah it's you know we're, we're buying constantly and throughout the year um and people like yourself you know who are helping make decision makers um go one way or another on you know the timing for fruit and and when it's best in season yeah you know, all that sort of stuff
0: it um, is it is a real fruit or a thing and in my opinion you're you're a banana expert and your family are banana experts like so been in it for four generations etc And there isn't I'm always wondering, and I'm asking the question now, why isn't there more, you know, like more actual courses for fruit shop owners and providers like myself that they can actually be educated, brought through these facilities and understand a lot of this. I find it would be the most interesting course in the world, given that it's where, you know, fruit and vegetables are responsible for The health and well-being of our nation—you know—we'd probably save lots of money. I think that there's a little call-out or a policy or something. And the whole reason I'm doing these podcasts is to create conversations around that sort of uh, education to happen on a larger scale, so that people will actually know. Because a lot of it, let's 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 admit it—you know—you'll go to the market. A lot of it's you know, it's whatever story's on, the, on the on the board that day of why uh, something isn't probably right. Probably
1: not even current. Yeah, yeah. you know,
0: it's, or it's information from last week or why. Yeah. And some of it's true, why we have scratchy banana sometimes yeah, because but, they're rubbed together in a windy day or yeah. whatever it is. But it's like it's not current, the excuse, yeah. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah, we, well, we eat out of season quite often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is the
0: banana season?
1: Well, um, really wintertime is still, for me, if you ask me when the ultimate time is like to produce, this is this conversation between production and um, visual look and taste. So, as you know, we get to wintertime and it's a bit cooler and the fruit's not as shiny and mm. it mightn't be quite as long or, or whatever. And, um, but then the cooling period, the length of growing, the taste quality, uh, the eating experience through that period is fantastic. And that's got to do with that weather that like you just said, then the cooling
0: period and things. Yeah. The,
1: that, that, that. Yeah. So time on the so, tree.
0: So what happens with the so summer bananas? Uh, just too hot, too quick, grow too fast, something
1: like that. Yeah, uh, pretty much faster. Yeah. yeah. So you get that. It, there's sort of a, a funny ideal, sort of win, uh, window again, balancing off production, taste, and uh, yeah. and look. Um, maybe around sixteen weeks or something. Yeah. Um, hang time, what we'd call. So it's when the bunch emerges to the time that we pick it. Um, but. Somewhere in the warm and summer, we'll get down to about 12 weeks. Right. So, okay. Um, yeah, winter will go out to 20.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. So, so, from, so what is it? Tell me the, 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 the cycle. So for me, it's a sucker it comes up out of the thing and then we, the other, the mother tree sort of dies and the pup grows up. Yeah. But what, happened,
1: what is it in, in the real world when you've got nurseries and stuff? Well, um, it's a good relationship though because the mother doesn't just disappear. It's a, basically a massive water sack that sits behind the pup that's going to come through. So it's constantly feeding the next one. It's very, very important. That's We cut it at a certain height to make sure that most of it's retained. And over time, it slowly um, breaks down. As it's breaking down, it's feeding the next one. Hmm. Um, and so the cycle goes on and on and on. Um, and then, pretty smart plant, eh? Hey? Very smart, and even the way the leaves are um, basically, shape, shape to yeah. capture water, which you know it's basically a big water sack. Yeah, um, is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, and it's um, part of the thing of um, having bananas and uh, one of the other fruits we grow is papaya, and we grow a couple of other varieties. But you said like some fruits, and when you look at a banana, that just the way that it, you know, the ability to eat it. It sits in the skin. You obviously peel it. You throw that away. The protection factor, you know, the potassium, all the other good stuff that's um, that, that's in a banana. Like nature, they engineered a pretty good, pretty good product all around. And papaya to me is pretty similar to that. It's got some pretty special qualities. That, yeah, um,
0: yeah. I want to come back and ask you about how monkeys peel them the other way around <laughs> a minute. But uh, well, so the it, 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 and then it just grows up and it becomes the parent. Is it male, females? Do they fertilize?
1: Uh, the flowers are male, female. So we discard all the male um, flowers. Yeah. Um. So we don't. They don't need. They don't need male, female to pollinate or anything right, like okay. that. It just. It just keeps going. Yeah. Um. And then they actually have the flowers. We we chop so many bananas off to to get our length and size, the way that we want them. Yep. Yep. Or, I understand. Or the best way we can. That's how we actually change throughout the season. How many we take off to try to keep manipulating that to get it consistent. So just chopping a few off to so the energy goes
0: into the right one. That's a right. bit like tomatoes and corn, they do that with yes. as well. Yep. So you don't have twenty five little corns; you
1: got two or three big ones. Well, Rather right size. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that's what we do. Um, then we put a bag on it to protect it. Yeah. Um, we don't put the strip on anymore. Don't do the poisonous strip. that <laughs> no, I don't do my the poisonous strip. No. no. Might no. explain those little twitches that I got. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, we do spray them. Um, yeah. with a, With a chemical that basically sees out that period, yeah uh, but and the bag's there to keep the birds t- and all the scratching, yeah basically out and it also through winter it gives it a little bit of warmth um, and there's a lot of work being in even the color of a bag gives you different qualities, so weight um, color uh, and um, um, size Say so that again, sorry the banana the color the, of the, the color bag. of the bag that we put on the bunch yeah will give it different attributes. Really? So throughout the year. We only used two. I felt um, like it was blue or silvery blue or something when I was a uh, kid. It's a hotly hotly, contested <laughs> thing on what people are looking for. Really? But, uh, again, you know, we revisit history so often with my grandfather to did a lot of the work. And um, basically, um, as far as our understanding is yellow gives um, weight. So um, bigger fruit. Are you sure you're trading fruit out secrets here, you know. That's all right. They can quickly look up the DPI and they'll find it as well. Not a lot of people do though. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, green definitely uh, good quality, and funnily enough, um, blue gives you probably the best of both. Really? Well, there so, you go. I got it right. Yeah. yeah. So we go we go with the blue um, through winter, yeah. and we use um, a silver um, silver clear through summer, which is mostly because we get. Most of those attributes through summer, like we're not we're not looking for them as much because of the yeah. speed that they're growing at already. We're only looking to actually keep the sun off them. Yeah. To stop them from sunburning. So how do you peel a banana? I still do it just from the
0: store. I don't do the monkey thing. No. <laughs> so just for those who don't know, monkeys do it from the, the bottom end, like the bit yeah, that grows the Is it in theory sweeter, like a, like a grape is sweeter at the bottom because I've been there, I don't know... Yeah, it, would, it would probably make some sense. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, eating them, I've never noticed. I'm I've never have bit to, into one end. And we're going to have it. to broadcast some monkey to find that out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the wonderful thing that I love about bananas is you can eat so much, you know, the whole plant's basically edible, um, including, you know, the you know, weird and wonderful people that we get to deal with over time wanted the banana root. Mm-hmm. They, you know, like we're all, you know, these these wonderful chefs are always looking for another thing to do and, we sell loads of leaves, but I think they grow the leaves just for banana leaf, do they? Is that a whole other variety of banana, or do they? Oh, I don't think
1: so. they no, you don't? Cut them early. Okay. Yeah, right, Yeah, okay. if you cut them early, so the wind Is doesn't get Is it a part of, of a bit of a pruning thing, or what's no, the? guy no, no. no, not really, just yeah. if you get into them Because there's
0: relatively good money in the leaf, too, it seems. Like the yeah, as long as they're not windblown.
1: Yeah, you know, That's yeah. when they get all tattily and, yeah, yeah. and that sort of stuff. And there's quite, um, like, we, we we have to be careful if we're doing it where we are. Yeah. In certain farms, we definitely can't do it. Yeah. There's a lot of... Um, protocol all around yeah doing that, that sort of work. Yeah, because it's a food, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, disease. Disease. That's, yeah, right. disease is what we're all worried about. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It's a it's a massive minefield yeah. in that side. So. Uh, so what about the bell? I mean, from what
0: I understand it's really the Duca's bell that is the is the one that you should be eating. Is that is that true in your opinion? So I've seen them
1: overseas eat
0: the Cavendish quite readily yeah okay. yeah
1: it, it's it's a beautiful salad
0: what do you do so you take the big purpley cup thing off and then you've got the little fingers which are actually bananas that haven't formed is that right yeah they're probably male
1: male ones like oh, i said so right. they're probably the ones who are discarded so they're all in a bell when they come out yeah the whole thing is a all big together bell, yeah, a yeah. Big bell, yeah yeah and as it comes out it releases basically leaf yeah um, which is that purple outside and underneath yeah. is the bananas yeah so as they keep releasing them off they release all the females first. And then the males are on the bottom, which are a lot smaller. Right. And then basically we, we discard all them uh, and change that. But um, I actually didn't realize to take the, the, the middle out of the flowers that I saw you do. I've never oh, seen them do that right. before.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other video where I nearly cut my arm off. With yeah, that thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was so close, but it was such a good video. We had to keep filming. Yeah. Um, yeah, we might put that on story when we put this podcast up because that, that is a good one. Um, so, bananas, you know, they naturally come in their beautiful own packaging. And I think the packaging chat needs to come. What's going on with packaging? You know, people jumping up and down about plastic, which, you know, I am as well. Well, what's the, what's the plan and going forward with that at, at, at the moment?
1: Oh, uh, look, it's it's a difficult one. Um, For everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a balance off again between convenience um, and waste. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we did the, the plastic covered um, bananas, uh, got amazing results out of them. We got um, people kept telling us they could put them in the fridge. So that was a hand of bananas in a sort of sealed plastic thing? It, it's in a bag that we heat shrink on that's yeah. got tiny little holes all through it. Yeah, um, so that it can keep breathing um, as it ripens and does all that sort of stuff. It doesn't yeah. suffocate. Um, and basically, when they get them, like they're already covered in plastic, so they transport perfectly. Yeah. So it's basically zero waste. Okay, so
0: let me think about this for a second. Because when a customer or sees a banana on the shelf, they can't see the plastic. Right. That was already in the box. Yep. So when I see a banana on a farm or I mean, in a in a box. Or else I'm you know dropping full boxes at restaurants or whatever, they we open it up and there's a line of plastic, there's this, yeah, there's that. The line and there's actually there. a liner in between each run as well. Yes, and paper. And that protects it from you know yeah. transport. And once again, we're leaning towards appearance to making sure that it can travel from there to there. Mm-hmm. Um even a short distance, yep. you know, can can often alter the appearance and therefore the value yes. of the banana. So yeah. I guess unless there's some sort of big policy where someone goes, okay, you're all on the same playing field yep. and none of you can use this stuff. Yep. You can use paper or you can use something else, but you can't use that. Yeah,
1: and if we accept the consequences because yeah.
0: there's waste. Just because you don't see the waste doesn't mean there is yeah. waste. Yeah, I, th- I think we have spoken about this in the past and, yeah, I think that was a big one for me because I mentioned that that show, was I like kind of the war and waste, what it was. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, and and the, and the different
1: arguments that go backwards and forwards about about waste, but I think we've we've just about I think when it just happens and all of a sudden, it's obviously a shock to everyone. And I think as an industry, as a total industry, we've yeah. got to be conscious that we're working towards it, yeah. um, so that it doesn't become a shock when something like this happens. Um, and we're definitely working on stuff constantly mm. within, um, certainly within paper, cardboard. Um, and still remembering that there's a waste factor in that as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a friendlier waste to deal yeah. with. Yeah. Um,
0: but it's still waste. Mm. So, and there sort of always has been, you know, the offcuts of, you know, uh, you know, a banana here and there with the, with the bigger sizes and things. So it's mm-hmm. always sort of been like that. Yeah. And I guess we're now sort of trying to get into a point where that's the fourth generation family. That's, that's something that's on your table. It might take a whole generation to actually get through that. Absolutely. You know, where they've come up with banana flour and they've come up with a yep. few little things that they can do with the, the things. But I guess um, in the beauty of waste, you know, that also becomes opportunity as well. So mm. there may well be, you know, another idea. And that's once again why we do these podcasts. So people go, oh, look, you know, like we realize there's some issues and there's issues with everything with the video on styrofoam. Last week and whatever, and, and I'm not looking to solve them all myself in my lifetime. Mm. But it's just putting it out there and asking the question and seeing if there's anything we can do. So
1: it's um, not going away. No, nah. <laughs> that's that's the key. It's not going away. Yeah. So, um, like, so we could pick on certain certain attributes of things that are slightly waste. But I think you brought up a good one. Not all not all the perfect fruit that we grow makes it into that box. So to be honest, there's a lot that doesn't. So mm. It's certainly at different times of the year. So. Um, we've just finished a new facility um, in North Queensland where we're doing instant quick-freeze bananas. So we're um, basically ripening them, slicing them up, freezing them and packaging them and selling them um, either in bulk at the moment to quite a few of the bakeries. Mm. Um, and we're also doing pouch packs and all that sort of stuff so that eventually people... people, It's an imported product now. We have had this conversation, yeah. but we
0: haven't. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. So
1: yeah. that's... And that's a... We're talking... Like, a big change. Like, yeah. that's, that's not just picking a banana here and a banana there. We're talking uh, up to about 30 to 40 tonne per week that we're changing from a, a waste source to a revenue source. Wow. Yeah. So who, it was, who did the flour? Is that somebody else? Oh, that- uh, yeah, there's some guys on the yeah. stable yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. doing that. It's, um, it's really good. It's um, still a bit lower volume than what we're doing because yeah. we've got a big problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we need a big solution. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, so right. I know
0: that you're. Um, you know, we've we've spoken about it a few times, and I know that you're addressing it and looking at it, and you know, it's important to you. So that that's good to know that that you guys are, you know, planning on being here for you're
1: a long time. Yeah, through, well, so. I think we just pick the lower hanging fruit first. Yeah, and just work our way work our way backwards. Mm. So, but it's a good point what you said. Like we're we're here for a long time. Like we're fourth generation now. Yeah. So we're really conscious. Just it's very interesting when they talk about environments and environmental and all that sort of stuff like it's sort of when you're a generational family doing something Mm. you're very concerned because you know we're directly affecting ourselves Mm.
0: if there wasn't um you know if someone gave you 10 million bucks what 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 would you do and they said look you've got to you know you've got to i've got to spend it on on yeah not 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 um not not cool room facilities like it and bigger gas rooms um you know on um, you know improving the industry what you know what what could you offer with that like um, Let's call it
1: $100 million For $10 bucks, not going to go very far. No, no, unfortunately. Uh, look, first step is very similar to what we've been doing, that step of value adding. Um, I think we're having a lot of, you know, the plastic conversation. So we're looking at one half of, of a um, traditional supermarket that we're dealing with. Um, if we looked at the other half of the supermarket, and, and as you know, we're constantly competing uh, between the fruit and veg category and mm. stuff, and we're sort of going, you know, competing, why don't you have this or that, when, you know, there's a whole another half of the supermarket yeah. that we need to really be competing with. Yeah, um, right, yeah. And that's that's the part that really, um, the packaging side really starts to uh, upset me, I guess. Yeah, is yeah. When it's like, it's just expected in that part of the supermarket. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, that's
0: actually it. a really good point, that, that you know the whole basically ninety five percent fruit bread probably the best yeah. part as far as packaging yeah. goes. Absolutely, that's why we work on it. So you know, yeah, you're right. We're actually well ahead of the game when it comes to bloody cereals and yeah. and everything.
1: And that's just even more plastic than ever, really. And obviously, we're good. We're good for us, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the good part of it. Yeah. You know? So we're we're trying to dress up what's already you should already be doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is. Kind of different, yeah. So, um, and I think that's realistically that would be why not come up with 100 million um, spending on between that and obviously just getting people to actually eat it, yeah, um, or being more conscious to eat it. Oh yeah, eating um, those new developed products. Yeah, that, yeah, and like schools, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. You know that's right up there because it's um, a big part of um, what we're looking at as an industry and all that is really. Um, recapturing a generation where we can get start on young kids developing good habits yeah. and moving up. I've got young kids at school, and um, you know we still get pushback back on you know what they're eating at school and all that sort of stuff. Because luckily my kids get great, great healthy food to, to go to, to to go to school with. Because we're yeah. obviously in the industry. Do um, you put a banana in their lunchbox every day? No. <laughs> we should. Yeah. But they get as many as they want at home. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and they do, and they, they always eat them when they come home. Yeah. So we try to give them good variety. Yeah. Um, so bananas
0: are, uh, are at their best in winter, uh, but as in to eat, but they can look a little bit duller. And through summer they look good but um, grow a bit quicker and, and might not be as good. Good. Let's just say less tasteful. Less, less tasteful. Okay. Yeah. And also at that time of year, they're in competition with mango. Absolutely. It's all the stone for it. it. Must be a difficult time. Is that when the lower prices get you know through the market system? Absolutely. And is it high? it's higher in winter? Even though they look a bit duller, it's it's generally higher through winter because uh, of the longer growing time. Or do we just plant more? Or the season,
1: The seasons will vary. Um, yeah, we, we run a nine or twelve month cycle depending on how you how you look at it. So um, sometimes. Um, you 'll still have reasonable prices through summer because we 've all cycled through um, winter because we're all we 're always trying to put fruit in winter they don 't naturally just want to go there mm. um, they 're tropical fruit they love they love yeah. the sun yeah yeah they want to grow when the sun 's out so yeah. um, sometimes we consciously put more into winter and we have to because our production's are down through that period so we 've got to basically we do one third two thirds mm. so one third of our farms will all be in summer and two thirds are in winter basically um, to grow through that period so but you're right like it's you know we're really lucky with the with the stuff we have. Um, bananas are all about that habit you know we, we're always trying to get people just to have one banana a day and you know the people that I'm there's not another fruit I can honestly tell you that people just walk straight up to you and say if they know that maybe I'm in the industry or whatever they they tell me exactly how they like their banana. Yeah, right. Exactly, to the colour stage, to the speckles. How line. do you like your banana? Uh, mine is, we've actually got some here, so it's yeah. small, slightly smaller ones that I actually prefer. Yeah. Um, they're nearly, this is probably just a little bit too far, but it's just when they're starting to get those first little sugar spots on. Well, what do we call the, this size? And Because we've got a camera,
0: um, so the people who can uh, who are watching this on YouTube, or have we put it up? That's our 180 to 200, so yeah. it's really...
1: Um, that's a lunchbox size, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But supermarkets yeah. generally want one bigger ones, or one my dream. Uh,
1: it's always been we've been really lucky again through the prepacks, this whole plastic thing, and we, yeah. And it's why it's so important to us to keep working to give people the option. Yeah. Because um, there's a belief that if you eat one banana, supermarkets rather sell you one big banana than one small yeah, one because it's right. more kilos through the till.
0: Okay, um, I, I appreciate that from a business perspective as well because that's why lots of people pre-pack, you yep. see fruit shops loads, they come back, they take it out of plastic, they put it in plastic yep. and then so you buy. So guys, when you're shopping, please, you know, and we encourage people to do also order a box because yes. what I have to do is take it out, put it either in a bag or in something else Absolutely. anyway. So uh, the big thing to reduce plastic in all industries is try and buy things you know, in the whole box.
1: Yeah, so we're looking at doing those. We're actually um, brothers working on a smaller carton for exactly the smaller store options that people are like. Well, we don't want the full, the full box option. Well, I we're mean, from a wholesale perspective, we should look at what the data says to us, like what people most the look average at. purchase. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's you know supermarkets and so on. They'll 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 change their purchasing habits as yeah. well, or we can aid them. We can help them with their purchasing habits.
0: Yeah, uh, so. Um, these bananas always travel from up north down. What's the closest farm you got? Uh, Bundaberg, actually, yeah, nice. No, yeah, up so the road. just up the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what about and globally, like who's the biggest? Dal Dalt, is that they? Uh, who's the biggest?
1: Yeah, yep. yeah. Dole would be. They, uh, I'm not sure where they're positioned anymore. They sold off part of their yeah. um, Asian business, but they're certainly still right up there. There's Dole, Del Monte, Chiquita still. Yeah, um, they're probably Chiquita and the Chiquita lady is the most famous banana marketing campaign to ever ever been. Yeah, it's um, where do people find your bananas? Oh, at Sunshine Co. For that's that's find a
0: point of view, and where else? Because I know you're you know, you, you know you, you're you're too big for me. So where where, do, where does a lot of your fruit end up?
1: Uh, look, we go obviously a lot to the supermarkets. We do yeah. we deal with Coles and Woolies. We only deal with Coles and Woolies predominantly in the supermarket space though, and then we deal with um, some of the really good merchants throughout Australia. Um, one which you know supplies yourself. Um, mm. So there's a good chance that uh, there'll be product our product making our way into Sunshine Coast Fresh boxes mm-hmm. or into their stores. So, um, but predominantly a lot of it is nothing in the, the Coles and Woolies systems. Yeah. So, um, we, it's very essential you know, to get that volume through. Beautiful. What else? What else is good about Mackay bananas? Um, again, you know the, the the whole great thing with the family businesses that are based around agricultural um, companies, um, and obviously that's changing mm. um, as it's going. But um, I think for us, it's certainly you know it just becomes part of who you are and the whole family system, which ultimately we hope reflects in our products. Mm. Um, so, uh, just, just obviously, like I said, we we get up to try to do the best job you can, and mm. if you do the best, then hopefully you know enough people will like it. More people come back, and that's how you grow. It's mm. not you don't wake up with the target that you're going to pack X amount of bananas, and that's your number one goal.
0: So, if uh, people have bought their box of bananas, but they don't, they don't, you know, they're at nearly at the color, or they're at the color stage that they want to keep them. You know, wh- what temperature uh, people are? They putting them in their
1: crisper at home, or how are people looking after their bananas um, when they get them home? Still better off keeping them out. Yeah. You're still better off keeping them out. Um, nowhere near the fridge is really good for them. Yeah. Um, if you do, wrap them up somehow. So it's still the, the brown paper bag still one of the yeah. best solutions for that because it covers them, plus it lets them breathe. Yeah. If you don't let them breathe, well, um, uh, you'll probably have... They'll start to dehydrate Yeah. and shrivel and do all those sorts of things. So um, you can definitely do that. Again... Um, one of the things that we're going to definitely encourage, so we do, we are doing the frozen bananas, but we're going to encourage people to do more of that. Like, freeze them themselves. Yeah, freeze them themselves. Like yeah. We're just a part of the solution, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and depending on what your use is for the bananas, if, you, if you're going to use them for smoothies or something anyway, like yeah.
0: absolutely. Well, we pretty much bring them home, let them ripen, you know, on the shelf and then, then freeze them. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. yeah,
1: generally around the kitchen, out of the sunlight. Yeah. It's pretty pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. As long as your house isn't too too warm, Yeah, um, it's, it's absolutely fine. One
0: thing I forgot about in that whole process, um, just jump back quickly so people understand, that they come down from up north, are pretty green, then in this facility here you've got these beautiful big rooms, and I guess, how many pellets fit in here? Uh, this is 12-pellet room. Yeah, yep. so you've got bigger ones and over those there. Those are 24s, yeah. Yeah, so the bananas come in green, then yep. you hit them with ethylene. Is that correct?
1: Uh, first, first thing you do is stabilise them. At 15 degrees, because yeah. um, trucks don't. Trucks have got refrigeration on them, but they're not there to cool fruit. Yeah, you're supposed to have them cool before they actually go in the truck. So the right. trucks are just there of transport. Yeah. Um, so we bring them in. We assess them first. Do a good thorough assessment. We've got an assessment process. Um, at that point, it's established. You know what we, what the consensus is of that product. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't meet. Um, standard, we've got to figure out something else to do with it. And um, again, luckily, we've got the processing and all that sort of stuff for options. Um, we also do donations. Um, we donate um, fruit every week to Food Bank. Yep. Um, so uh, if it doesn't meet uh, the 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 protocol that we've set, which, you know, obviously we hope that it does, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Yep. Um, we we decide what we're going to do with it. Um, from that point, we then put it in the room. We stabilise it at 15 and we decide what day that it's going to come out. So we need that seven-day lead time to turn them from green to yellow. So from 15, we put them up to 16.5 degrees temperature, and we gas them with ethylene gas at 200 parts per million. Which, which, is, is, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, that's a completely normal process with yep. avocados, yep. Uh, mangoes. And they used to do tomatoes, but I don't think they do anymore. Oh, they may. They may still yeah, do yeah, some yeah. if yeah. they come in a little bit greener. Yeah. It's a, okay. any climactic um, fruit. So you've got climactic and non-climactic fruit. Um that if they accept um ethylene, yeah. you'll generally do some ripening. We try and bananas are probably slightly different that um the transport factor, although uh, avocados and mangoes still get transported as well, but um they're certainly picked a little bit further advanced yeah. than a banana. Banana you actually want them dead green so that you transport them safely. Yeah. Um they don't get they don't knock themselves around or anything like that. And also um, a lot of people say, "Well, why gas them and um, if you don't if you don 't do that then they'll all, they will ripen eventually by themselves, but they 'll be all over the shop and you won 't know when they 're going to ripen yeah so the reason why we we add gas to them, which is um, um, the ethylene gas which is that they 'll produce their own over yeah, time yeah. too once we get them ripening, we can stop because they produce their own and release their own ethylene and that but the main thing is we start a full truck by themselves because we don't want to have half the truck one colour and half the truck another colour and then mm. try and do something with them. So it's all programmed for one day. They're all gassed, they're all set and off they go. And that's how we feed the millions of people bananas. Absolutely, there are plenty of them too. So you've got a really interesting business and I'm glad that you've got
0: a conscious around packaging and, and that your whole family's been doing such wonderful work you know, for, for such a long time. And, um yeah, I'm I'm really proud to, to know you and, and, and have you a part of the, the podcast and yeah. I hope people are inspired to um you know eat more bananas pretty much and we're gonna have to put a banana banana bread recipe up. But you sell banana bread too, don't you? Not yet, no. No. No, 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 to tell him? No, <laughs> no, 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 it's all right. <laughs> No, no. Okay, no worries, well maybe not that recipe but a recipe but thank you for being a part of the podcast. No,
1: thanks for having me on and thanks for all the good work that you're doing in the um, industry. Someone, like we said, someone's got to push it. And, yeah. Um, you're certainly doing it, so. Oh look, it's an absolute privilege.
0: I wouldn't be able to do it unless I had a, a good team behind me so I'm lucky that I've got guys on the ground doing doing some of the hard work, where I pretty much get to come out here and chat and make friends so <laughs> I'm really, really fortunate yeah. so thank you. Yes. Thanks, mm-hmm. man. Beautiful. Happy Scalab?